We we I was a, we we were a Google whack before there was such a thing as a Google whack. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast. Sapnin! Sapnin! You're listening to episode 100 of Sapnin Podcast with myself, Sean Smith, and my good friend slash rapper friend, Morgan Richards, a.k.a. Mo Dick. Yes, it's me, Morgan Richards. I'm the mountain, he's the sea, and this conversation is full of questions and answers for boom, blast, and ruin celebrations. This was a good celebration, and that's why I forgot about the puns because I was so excited. That the fact that we are, this is episode 100 of Sapping Podcast. Well, how did we get you? I have no idea. Three digits. Well, let me tell you, let me tell you, Morgan. What we did is we did a series and series of chats, right? Normally, individually, we were bands. Some at festivals, we did many, many bands. And then we've accumulated them all and put them in order. That's exactly what we've done. And somehow, we got to 100. Now, you've, now to come to think of it, you've said that, and that makes a lot of sense. So It does ring a bell. Yeah. I know, yes. Unbelievable. Uh, thank you very much if you've listened to... If this is your first time listening, hello, welcome. My name is Sean Smith. Um, I'm in a band called Raiders, and I used to be in a band called The Blackout. This is my friend Morgan Richards. Morgan, explain yourself. Sapnin. I'm Morgan. Sometimes go by Mo Dick because of rap jokes, apparently. I'm a journalist, and I've talked to bands for years on radio, in magazines, wrestlers, and newspapers. You've and- talked to bands in wrestlers? Anyway, anyway, before we put any new listeners off by keep talking and I'm muddling our words up thank you very much if you check us out but if you've listened to any of the past episodes thank you it means the absolute world to us you are our superheroes and um yes it means the absolute world to us I can't believe you got this far yeah it's being such a wild ride literally 100 weeks in a row without fail we have put out a brand new episode of Sapnin Podcast each and every week it's absolutely phenomenal to see how much we've got this far all the support we've received from listeners bands prs management booking agents the the whole lot but today sean is a very special celebration because we've got one hell of a guest to mark this occasion yes we do this week's guest is biffy clyro frontman guitarist all-round beautiful beautiful human not just on the Mm -hmm. eye all right not just on the eyes (laughs) 
But in the, in the soul too, this week's guest is the fantastic Simon Neal. Yes, mon the fucking biff. The beautiful mind, body and soul of Simon Neal is with us for this three-digit era of the podcast. Now, this is huge. Biffy Clyro are a band I've loved for years. They're absolutely massive. They're scheduled to be the Download Festival 2021 headliners, but our guests on episode 100. Yes, I'm super sorry to Simon for, if he's listening to this now, he's just gone, yeah, we're headlining Download, and then gone, Oh, but I'm on this load of shit. What a what a what a poor bugger. But yeah, what a fucking absolutely fantastic chap. Brilliant chat. We talked about uh new album when they played Murtha in two thousand three. Because everybody, everybody who listens to this cares about what happens in Murtha, Tidville, South Wales, where I live. Well, let me tell you this. If you're a fan of any era of Biffy Claro from their early stuff to the latest there's something in here for you. You're going to learn so many new secrets about Simon, his life, and the band. And I don't want to go too much into it because it's such a lovely conversation. But within this next hour, you're about to hear stories of his genius songwriting and the band's different chapters, their journey from those toilet venues like Merthyr Tidville Whoa. to headlining in some of the world's biggest festivals topless adventures weed family heartfelt moments and of course their new record a celebration of endings that debuted at number one in the official uk album charts obviously it did because they're fucking massive yes they're brilliant (laughs) fantastic thank you again to simon thank you very much to uh simon's people letting us do it thank you very much to marcy jacobson for helping us sort it out and this was um such a big deal for us that sean and i actually dressed up to talk to simon on camera there's no point in that because he he can't see us from the waist down but i put special jeans on shoes the lot yeah i put um trousers on which was the first time i'd done that for quite some time because you normally uh, you normally do these without any bottoms whatsoever right european naked i call that okay (laughs) <laughs> well hoodie on nothing else i don't get <laughs> yep yeah what you can see right now is all i'm wearing um anyway uh moving on because it's a podcast and luckily those people can't see my bottom half right but as we're saying thank you again just a massive shout out to everyone who's helped us get this far uh it's been a wild ride if this is your first time listening to sapling podcast then please go and give us a follow on the twitter and instagram at sapling pod sean how do you spell it at that's the a with a curly circle around it s-a-double-p-e-n-i-n-p-o-d that's at the a with a curly circle around it s-a-double-p-e-n-i-n-p-o-d s-a-p-p-e-n-i-n-p-o-d thank you we've got hours worth of interviews and chats with all of your favorite bands personalities celebrities sports people like the, the whole lot but we need to say a massive thank you to everyone in our patreon because without them we probably wouldn't have got this far so if no, you've been- no 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 it's not probably i don't think we would have got this far i definitely wouldn't have got this far so if it wasn't for the people involved in the patreon we wouldn't have got this far so thank you so so much to every single one of you from just joining to coming to joining the group to the highest tiers thank you very much to every single one of you i can't stress this enough it means the absolute world to me and morgan and we definitely definitely wouldn't be able to do this without you so 
Don't let Morgan downplay it. Go well, on, I wasn't downplaying it. I was I was building up to say that they are some of our favourite people in the world. So if you've enjoyed any little bit of this podcast, please think about joining our wonderful family community and group at patreon.com forward slash sapnin. Now, if you listen to this on the Friday, we're actually going to be doing a special Q&A live session on our Patreon page with everyone involved tomorrow at midday so there's still time to sign up and get involved if you listen to it afterwards that's going to be up as a bonus bit of content on the wall anyway so there's so many more celebrations to go on there and we've got some very very exciting things for the next few weeks of episodes of sapton podcast that we can't wait to share with you all but that's patreon.com forward slash sapton but anyway sean episode 100 we finally got here let's dive in to our wonderful and heartfelt conversation with one of the most beautiful men to ever grace the earth mr simon fucking neil wow i've never seen you so uh aggressive and uh sexu- sexually aggressive towards a guest as well he's beautiful um, so I, I, yeah, no i know you don't have to tell me I, I was there watching him with you anyway thanks again simon we love you uh let's do one of these in the flesh fucking something Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Sapnin! 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 Yes! Yes! <laughs> yeah, part of this now, boys, I'm part of it. Yes, our <laughs> guest this week is singer, frontman, good-looking uh, motherfucker. Um, yeah, tr- yes, and true. He, and he has been lucky enough to play Merthyr in 2003. Ladies and gentlemen, this week's guest is Scotland's finest... Mr. Simon Neal. Yes! 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 Thanks for having me, boys. How are we doing? Good, yeah. Good, man. Uh, 100% better for seeing you. 
Yeah, yeah oh, thanks for taking the time. Well, me too. I tell you what, Merthyr Tedfil has been good to us over the years. I'm <laughs> sure we played with Exit International in Merthyr Tedfil back in the day as well. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, in 2003, you played in RM's nightclub. And um, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, you had Maidasuno supported you. And Scott from Maidasuno went on to become. Went on to Exit International. How do you. You've got good memory, Sean. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I tell you what, it was a few tasty-looking fellas outside that show. I do remember loading the gear out afterwards and thinking, maybe don't make eye contact just with this particular group of lads, you know? Yep, welcome to my upbringing, because that's exactly where I live. <laughs> that's where I come from. Um, that's where the blackout started as well. So the, uh, that oh, RM's was the first gig we ever played. So, um, oh, but, yeah. Well, you know what? We're from a small town in Scotland, or that's small couple of small towns in Scotland and I tell you what you, you figure out pretty early whether you want to be in a band and, and actually go through it because mm. I'm sure that you guys people look at you and go what are you, what are you into what's your deal you know and like you have to be you know you feel like a gang you feel like you're against not against folk but it's like your little secret and you're like fuck everyone else this is our yeah. this is our thing yeah that's exactly that's exactly the feeling um yeah I was watching an interview with somebody yesterday and they were saying like well, why do you want to be in a band? And mine was always to get out of Merthyr, but also put Merthyr on the map for something that wasn't violence or like teenage pregnancy or drug use or even Merthyr is really well known for having Britain's highest percentage of white socks sold. <laughs> Honestly? <laughs> what does that mean? Oh, wonderful what? fact. <laughs> yeah, yeah, terrible. Why would you, like, I don't, I don't, I don't get know it. What but that yeah. means. Yeah, I don't so, know what that, I mean, like. I don't know how to like digest that down to like a like a fact. You know, it's how, Yeah, the most percentage of white socks sold is in Merthyr Tidville for some reason, and I don't know how you can. What could they be using it for? Like, what crimes could you do with a white sock? <laughs> well, this is the- particularly fit. Sorry, Morgan. I was just going to say, this is one of the weirdest starts to a podcast we've ever had. And <laughs> loving every second of it, though. It's but, uh, yeah, go on, Morg. You get into it. You be the journalist. I, I, I mean, to start, though, just to get this thing started, I mean, how are you doing? How's things with you at the moment and at these crazy times? I know you've been keeping busy with a lot of stuff behind the scenes, but just how's things? Yeah, I think, like most people, I'm a little bit unsettled. I'm kind of, like, into the swing of things now, but it's it's weird, like, to put out a record and not have the logical next step of playing shows. That, that, that kind of hit me in a bigger way than I thought it would, because I'd, I'd mentally prepared. You know, I was like, I knew the record would come and we wouldn't be going on the road for a while, but see, just emotionally and mentally, that, that sense of completion. So I've struggled, I've struggled a little bit with that, but I cannot complain. The sun is shining in Scotland today, which never fucking happens. Mm-hmm. So you know what? If God's smiling, I'm smiling. Something like nice. that. Yes. <laughs> That's the attitude we need, I think, because yeah, we have had some people on who've been quite quite miserable and it's kind of taken away from the creativity during this time as well. But Yeah. I mean, have you noticed, have you guys felt that at all? I mean, is your motivation maintained? Because that, that's the one thing... I was expecting to do like dozens of projects. You know, I thought, wow, four months off, man. What would we achieve? You know, and then I spent the first three weeks like everyone else just watching Netflix. And now I've, I've started picking up my guitar a little bit now, but okay. I still don't have that kind of spark. How do you mm. guys feel? Are you feeling kind of motivated? Yeah, I mean, I think like having this podcast has been a benefit really because it's, it's kind of been the perfect distra- distraction because yeah. we've just been so busy with it that... 
I haven't really stopped to to think about some other thi- like some of the other things. So I mean, it's it's a blessing in disguise, really, for what me. Really? What about? Is, I presume you boys are doing this a slightly different way than you would have done it before. Yeah. Would you not? Yeah. So does it take a month or so just to kind of get into the swing of it, and now you can't remember the other way? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Funnily yeah. enough, we, we were kind of talking beforehand about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because we just kind of got in into the swing of doing them in person because we've been going to gigs just doing them backstage and hanging out or whatever and yeah we got we'd kind of nailed that and then all of a sudden of course because we nailed that um the blackout had a saying if it can go wrong it will go wrong we all had like posters made with the blackout logo with all this written on and um <laughs> so of course we've just got into the swing of it so all of a sudden, there's a killer virus that nobody's ever heard of. Of course <laughs> there is. I yeah. know, and then you have to reskill yourself. It's like, that's the one thing that's cool that we're all, as a species, we're quite adaptable. Because if you think about how we're all living and, and creating and doing our things now, if you'd said that six months ago, we would have had no fucking idea. So it, it, it is quite encouraging that we can, we can shift and, and adapt to different situations. But good on yeah. you, Jen. Good on you. Oh, thank Cheers. you. Thank you very are, much. Yeah, but, we are trying. Um, but... But talking about adapting to new situations, um, I believe that in lockdown, you've actually got yourselves a puppy. Yes. <laughs> you know, yes, absolutely. She went, is, my wife, is my wife posting an Instagram or something? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we got, a, a, to be honest, we, me and my missus, we've wanted a dog for years, but with the traveling we do with a, as a band, it would just be cruel and, and it's not really been possible. So the first thing we did when we found out we'd be home for a while, it was like, we're finally doing it. So yeah, we got a wee French bulldog and, and she's a she's a light in my life. It's actually really helped with those days where you wake up and you feel a bit kind of, oh, what's this week gonna bring? It just takes it takes me out of myself. You know, I don't know if you guys have pets or whatever or kids or anything, you know, but I imagine it's similar if you maybe have kids. It just reminds you that you're not perhaps the most important thing in the fucking world all the time. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that's the reason I don't have a pet and a kid is because I want to, I, 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 I long for that. Like, no, it's me, you know. I, I'm not spending it's my not money. It's not to relinquish that crown yet, Sean. It's absolutely not time to relinquish <laughs> No, I can't give it up. Um, but yeah, yeah, during lockdown, I saw that you were doing... Um, You've been doing like little sets and sitting in your house and playing guitar and wearing some incredible outfits, <laughs> unbelievable selection of outfits. Um, is that something that you're looking to possibly do again or is it just something that you did then? I, I think initially it was just a case of kind of, because everything stopped so quickly and I think it was to maintain a semblance of control over over some aspect of my life. So. So I kind of committed to doing it. We ended up, ended up doing it like eight or nine weeks. R- realistically, I ran out of songs. <laughs> you know, it was like, I managed to kind of adapt like 45 songs to acoustic ones, just myself, because it's hard, hard without the boys as well. And it was a wonderful thing to do. I, I would, I'm not against revisiting it, but I feel like it was more a wee survival thing. I, I've kind of... I'm so keen to do something loud, to be honest. You know, I feel like I've been sat in this room doing acoustic for a while and, and our last kind of proper tour was an unplugged tour anyway mm. a couple of years ago. So to be honest, you're more likely to see me filming myself standing in my room just screaming with a fucking Marshall cap. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but um, we'll, we'll figure it out. You know, I think if now that we've got this new information from the government, if we can actually string two sentences together, 
then, you know, I, I feel like if the next few months are a write-off as, uh, in terms of what we've been told, then I would definitely, you know, do something else like that. But it was just trying to be a bit of fun. It was, it was also to keep a sense of connection with people. I think, like everyone else, that it was such a shock to the system immediately to go from seeing friends, family and everything to then not seeing a soul. And I think just that sense of connection, even through the screen with the fans and things, really... It kind of brought me a bit of happiness and joy and kind of gave me a focus, something to hang my week around, you know, because you know what it's like. It's such a strange life that we live anyway when you're making music. You know, you, you live in these bubbles and you're kind of, we're joking earlier, but you do, at points you think the world, don't, the world only exists in our bubble when we're in tour and doing this. And it, it's quite nice to have that bubble popped and just reminded, like, music's meant to be a, it's like it's a tool. It's not... You know, sometimes you get into the touring, touring, touring and making records. And actually, it, the one thing about this lockdown, it's reminded me that music is all about how it makes you feel, how it makes other people feel, how you can connect through your favorite records or if, if I can write a song that connects with someone. That, that's, that's what keeps us doing it. It's, not, it's nice to have a little bit of adoration now and again, but that's not, <laughs> that's not your motivating factor. And if it is, then, then this lockdown's going to fucking kill those bands dead or those acts dead. Mm. Yeah, I, I saw a snippet of the um, the uh, celebration of Endings live stream that you did in Barrowlands. Unbelievable it looks. I saw, um, yeah, you've just put up fireworks. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, on your YouTube, and it looks amazing. How did, um, yeah, how did that come about? And who came up with the genius idea of, like, walking from thing to thing? Because that was, oh, the eyebrows up. You can't see this because it's on a podcast, but somebody's eyebrows just my, my face is smug. If you're looking at my face is smug. Um, it, it, so like we knew immediately the album was being put back. We knew that shows weren't in the agenda. It, so it was nice to have a little bit of time to actually consider what we could do creatively. Now, the one, the main liberating thing for me about the performance aspect was we don't have to all face the same direction. It's so basic, but you're so used to setting up facing a crowd or facing one way or the cameras if it's video shoot or whatever. You're all, and so as soon as I kind of broke that rule in my mind, all these ideas came in. And fortunately, this album kind of was suitable and adaptable to play top to bottom. And it felt like each song had a different kind of character and personality. Because some albums, it's like the full album is the emotion. So maybe if, if, you, if you played those 12 songs in a row, it maybe wouldn't feel quite so 3D. So with this one, I, I really wanted four different setups. One was the main stage, which we did. One is like a, a floor set up with piano and, and an orchestra around us. Another room was like an amp room. So like we basically built a room that was like a sun, you know, the band Sun, like yeah. their stage set up. So we just played surrounded with these amps, which was amazing. And then the video that's kind of went up on YouTube is from Tiny Indoor Fireworks, which is like a mirrored cube. And it's one of those projects that you expect to hit a few stumbling blocks, which we did. But actually every idea we managed to work out, even the part about me going, at the end of the show, I, I take my guitar and I play outside, I walk outside to the street. And initially I was like, how the fuck am I going to get a guitar lead or the wireless to, to read? <laughs> so we ended up having to use like three like extenders for the frequencies, but because everyone was so committed to the project, everything got ironed out. So I was able to actually do that. So when you see that in the video, I'm playing my guitar on the street in the middle of the day and I'm like, it was one of those, it was quite an emotional moment, actually, to be in a venue that we've got such a connection with and to kind of walk out and mm. remind, remind myself that no one's there and that, like, it's exciting to do a project like that, but it does remind you what we're missing. But the main thing was trying to get across the kind of intensity and intimacy of a, 
of a Biffy show by excluding the, the most important part, which is the fans. And, and I think we, we managed to kind of tweak it and, and cater it in a different way. So, so I think it was a success in my eyes and I can't wait for people to see it. And um, we're going to do something with it in the next couple of months, hopefully get it out in Netflix will pay us a hundred million quid, you know, yes. once they saw Beyonce's new deal, you know, they'll sort us out, I'm sure. Yeah, you get a, yeah. I get a, like a Joe Rogan Spotify deal now with a hundred million for it. Oh, I'd be all right, wouldn't it? But yeah, it looks incredible. It looks, it looked absolutely incredible. Thank and, you, brother. Um, yeah, so many people like are trying to do live stream gigs in this thing and I think they... I don't, you know, I don't want to be mean, but some of them just fall short. But that was, it was so impressive. It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. So congratulations. It's hard, you know, because we've all learned, you, you train yourselves to play a certain way over the years. And, and like you're used to engaging with people in a certain way. And, and I think the reason that we were, you know, some people maybe haven't been quite so successful with their interpretation is, is it's a different thing you're doing. You know, like it, it's not... You can't just translate the live show. Even if I watch a DVD of like my favorite band playing to like fifty thousand people, after three or four songs, I'm like, I'm skipping. You know, I'm like, all right, that's cool, but I want to, this is my favorite tune, or this bit's got a bit of cool production. And actually, so even in, even at the best example of that, it gets slow and boring. So, so I think that's we just need to be more creative. But I think people are people are learning as well, and everyone's realizing there are different ways to do things, but. I think the main survival feeling has been just to play together. Bands want to play together. You want yeah. to feel that you're a part of something and that you have purpose. And without those streams, a lot of bands will be sitting at home just going, do I even exist? I, why am I getting up in the morning, you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, like all three, me- all four members of my band at the moment are locked down in four separate places in Wales that are not allowed to visit each other. Oh, so, brother, uh, so is that is that for the foreseeable? Have you been together since lockdown kind of uh, thing? Yeah, it eased for a little bit for a couple of weeks. Um, yeah, we recorded a cover and then um, yeah, and then we're back in lockdown now. And yeah, I just want to get in a room and yell. I know because it, it, it's, it's it's the it's the exhilaration of volume and things. It's it's the basics. It's not even. It's like. The volume overtakes your body. It's a physical thing as much as like an emotional thing. And you're like, well, it won't be long, I hope, Sean. Hopefully, oh, fingers hopefully crossed. we'll be back together soon. You know, fingers <laughs> yeah. crossed. Fingers exactly. crossed. Are you, are you boys missing each other, though, Sean and Morgan? Are you? We, we have literally only met once uh, between March and now. We've yeah. met once. Oh, you're joking. Yeah. And um, yeah, we, we did it. We went to go meet somebody to do a podcast. And, <laughs> yeah. um, and they didn't turn up. <laughs> Who was so, that? Who is that? I'll fucking do it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, go on, Simon. Uh, I better on. not. No, I better not. But, um. <laughs> but, but anyway, but anyway, I mean, yes. look, there's, there's a whole host of things I really want to get into uh, about from your career, Biffy, and everything. But am I right in saying that 2020 is actually technically the 25th anniversary of Biffy as a band? Yeah, yeah sadly, you make me sound 100 <laughs> years old, but yeah, oh. we, we started. We started this band when we were like 14, 15, and I guess we did our very first demo. Demo. Fucking hell. Demo. You know, Cut disc. Yeah, exactly. It was a cassette. Like, you know, we had... Exactly. I mean, I'm really showing my age now. It was before CDRs and shit. And like each cassette we, had, we got it printed on cost like 15 quid. You know, back when studios used to use rip the piss. Look at... Well, we've done your session, but if you want to hear it, it costs you 30 pounds for a CDR. You're like, fuck off. But, but yeah, 25 years ago was when we first kind of played music together, Morgan, and, and 
just like everyone else, like high school band, and we just didn't stop. We were called Screwfish at that point, though, to be fair, which is one, an, an equally horrific band. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why I've mis- managed to miss the target so often with band names because yeah. I'm pretty good at song titles and shit. But when it comes to band names, I'm like, no, I can't commit. Well, I've, I've realised I've got written down by you that I was meant to add to your uh, intro, and the best use of abracadabra as a lyric. That's what I was going to have as well. What a yeah! So much. Yes. I mean, there's not not that many occasions that abracadabra has been used. I guess, but it's certainly the best. Um, but speaking speaking of bad names like i know you've been asked this so many times and i think as as a journalist i think it's the worst question you can ever ask anyone don't ask it then don't ask it i'm not i'm not sean what i was gonna say oh he's gone he's gone (laughs) the the worst the worst question you can ask is the meaning behind a band name but what i wanted to bring up is that you and the boys have made up so many stories in the past Good. about the origin of it. But I mm-hmm. just wanted to know, what is your favourite story oh. you've made up? I mean, is there something that you've just done on the spot and someone's believed it word for word? You've turned our rung more nice. <laughs> the, the best one was, was turning it into an acronym, which took quite a long time. But when, we fi- when I finally kind of had the big imagination for feeling young because life yearned real optimism, that was like... Was, was, <laughs> There's something about that, that, that like actually the spirit and, and the kind of sentiment of that acronym actually suits what we do quite quite well. So so that's probably my favourite one that I keep coming back to, and I'm like, wow, we are we're really smart, you know. <laughs> but, but yeah, to, in case any of your listeners don't don't know, yeah, I mean we've we've said like Biffy was the name of this British spy that James Bond was based off, and he in which is actually true. And then myself, Ben and James used to go on holiday in Clyro in Wales. So, so we met there. And then for some reason, we had this combination. Then there was like a, a, a Finnish footballer from the late 18th century, even though football wasn't invented then. Fast <laughs> burden. A wonderful, silky player. He had a cultured left foot and his name was Biffy Clyro. So there's, there's more where that's come from. A Cliff Richard Penn, Cliff Richard mm. Merchandise was a Biffy Clyro, a Cliffy Bow. Unbelievable. Oh, amazing. Absolutely amazing. too much time in my hands, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what we could do over the next lockdown now. We've just come up with so many more. Just so oh, no. many more. That's not uh, a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things with Biffy Clyro that I've always loved over the years is just seeing how much of an evolution the band has taken in your time. I think it's safe to say that you're one of the last bands that kind of have that crossover effect with people in so many different subgenres. If it's like rock, indie, metal, you, you always have an audience with so many different subgenres. In how, how is it being for you to see how far not only what the band has become in that time, but just evolving it into the phenomenon it is today? I think it was very kind of you to say that. Um, it's weird because see when you start, you, you don't you don't envisage like ten years ahead, 15, 20 years ahead. So every step, it's just about being trying to be honest with with who I am at that stage in my life. You know, like realistically, I don't love exactly the same music as I did when I was nineteen. I still yeah. have all. I still have my my favorite records from that era still matter to me so much, and and that foundation 
like like that that time period i think from when you're in your early teens to your early 20s you take on that's when you take on all your inspiration and influences i truly believe that and and for me it was you know, it was rock, but it was like Nirvana led me all the way down through Fugazi and things like that into the American underground. So that that was kind of my education. And I think everything we do as a band is kind of built upon that aspect. But to be honest, it's just the things I like over the years. You know, like I'm, I'm, I still love big, bombastic, bright, shiny pop music as much as I love like really dirge-like kind of avant-garde experimental music. You know, like to my... Like I've been listening to rock set a lot in this in this lockdown. For some reason it reminds me of my youth and like it gives me a good feeling. And then I'm also listening to one of my favourite records in the last few years is is by a band called Imperial Triumphant, and they've made a record called Vile Luxury, which not their most recent one. So so it's like everything kind of gets flung into a pot, and, and like what comes out comes out. But, the best thing and the lucky part where we are is that we've been friends from when we were seven years old. So I've never felt foolish coming in with songs to the boys and they're going, oh, wait, listen, we're, we're this type of band or we're this. Because we can, we're evolving together, we're growing together. And, and I think being fearless or, or is, uh, trying to be fearless is, is kind of what it's all about and, and, and not getting hung up on, on genre. You know, we, yeah. we're always we're a three-piece rock band, but I don't care if we're making, you know, fucking, if we're doing blast beats in a song, that's fine. If we're doing, it, like, pop rock over here, I think that's fine as well. As long as it comes from us and, and is a, you know, a sincere reflection of what you're trying to see. And, and I think maybe that's why our, our band does kind of balance these different styles because it, it is sincere and it's it's never in a in a pastiche way. It's never in, a, in anything other than, full respect for what we're doing and and i'm a true believer that the song like half of a song almost tells you where it should end up you know i'm sure you kind of feel that time sean as well you know sometimes a song will tell you where it needs to be other times you have to find it you know find where does this belong i know there's some magic here so patience is key but if i think if i look at the evolution you know, we've obviously got some early fans of the band who like think we're shite now, which which is fine. You know, <laughs> you know like I can appreciate that. That's how. But we need to change. I don't want to make the same record that was making. You know, our first album was two thousand two, eighteen years ago. Like that. That to me would be pretending and acting. And and those records, we made the best version of those records in the moment. Yeah, we might be able to do it slightly. You, well, we couldn't do it better because it's because you have to be in that headspace, and that's why I still I still love the thought. Even now, I'm looking forward to the next record. Just trying to kind of find where we're going to explore and find that first song or that first riff that's going to like guide me. You know, like like the North Star. But um, but it is bonkers. I think on this album we've talked a lot about that we've been a band for 20 odd years and, and it's really it surprised me it's taken me by surprise because I genuinely don't feel that you know I feel I feel that we're still in our first four or five years as a band I feel as though we're still learning every time we make a record you know and and, and I kind of forget I think because you know I enjoy smoking weed and stuff and I think that that kind of helps keep me in more of a you know and more of a kind of forward momentum and I'm not really I don't really dwell on things in the past so I'm always moving forward but um, but I'm very proud of it I'm glad we have evolved I've always wanted to be in a band that at least if we were going to do this for a long time 
we don't we didn't want to do the same thing and even in our first records i remember saying if we want to do a reggae record we will you know god, <laughs> god forbid but I do, remember, I do remember thinking that you know like fuck it if we want to do an acoustic album we will our very first single uh, 27 had like a pop rock song like a six minute post metal song and an acoustic song on it and i think i think these little parts have always been there and sometimes we just grab from from different trees and, and then you know and we feed ourselves yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um. Yeah. You just mentioned your uh, yeah weed and yeah and doing a reg. Surely it goes hand in hand doing a biffy reg- reggae record. That'd be fantastic. I've obviously not found the right strain. Yeah. Because <laughs> I tell I tell you what I always say that to people like see if I didn't smoke weed I'd be fucking dangerous right now. <laughs> like we're snap, quite, that, snap. quite productive and everything. But now but then I'm like man I see if I didn't enjoy my weed i'd probably have a record done a week you know of course not but like yeah. it likes to consider that yeah <laughs> <laughs> nice um and oh yeah you mentioned imperial um imp- yeah was it imperial triumphant yeah i i read an interview that you did with them earlier and i checked them out and they are bonkers bonkers isn't it it's there's a, there's a song in that record called chernobyl blues and it starts with like this it's like a three minute um like weird jazzy kind of almost like roy orbison type chords and then it just starts and there's, there's this four minutes of, of what seems like noise. But once you listen to it a few times, the, the way the drums like revolve, evolve, swing back in themselves, break up, stop. It, it's, it's truly, truly inspiring. And it, the reason I love records like that is because the first time you hear them, you're like, what the fuck is this? You're like, <laughs> That's exactly what I did. <laughs> yeah. Where do you hold on to, you know, where do you, where are you meant to grab a hold of this? And, well, I love that so much because a band like that goes in and practices these fucking songs. Like they figure it out and they go and do it. And as much as it's chaos and can be madness to someone else, it's very focused and, and, and deliberate. And I love that about music. And that's almost why I, I fell in love with heavy music as a youngster. Because see my brother and everything would be like, that's just fucking noise, switch that shit off. And I like that because I was like, no, it's not noise. There's fucking nuance to this. There's detail. Mm. But you're not smart enough to understand. You know? <laughs> <laughs> being a typical wee brother, you know, just being a wee dick. But, yeah. but I, love, I love that. I love when things can kind of perhaps alienate some people. But actually, if you dig deep, there's something beautiful underneath it, you know. Thanks for checking it out, Sean. I, I hope you revisit. I hope you revisit. I hope it hasn't like terrified you. Like I'm not sure if you're into that kind of avant-garde. Oh, oh no! I, oh, yeah, I'm up for a bit of everything. Um, but yeah, no, I well, I, I read you post well. Well, what what are you trying to say? I was going to say it's not for it's not for the faint of hearted. Let's say. No, it's not. Maybe, but, maybe listen to it when it's daylight. Not to scare yourself. Yeah, make sure the curtains are open. Um, yeah i didn't think like trumpets and brass would really work on death and black metal but that's what game what keeps me looking forward and wanting to go move forward as a band because it's each time i discover a new it's like who would think of doing that i mean the album starts with brass their their new album actually alphaville has like a a barbershop quartet on it and and i just love the disrespect to the rules that, that's what each new generation of, of musicians and everyone shows the last generation that, you know, the, these rules that have slowly built around what you do, where they don't fucking matter, they don't exist. And that's why the next generation is always kind of right in what they do, whether you, whether you dig, you know, I mean, I'm not big in necessarily the chart, chart music, if that's even a phrase anymore. But, but I love the, the fact that it's just ripping up the rule book, you know. Yeah. You listen well, to that's, like a, that's, 
that's exactly how I feel about kind of like the SoundCloud rappers. Like, I'm not into the I'm not into a lot of the music, but it, is there anything more punk than some of the stuff they're doing? Exactly, exactly. They don't give a fuck. Even them, um, there was a, like I think Travis Scott's last big single had seemed to have three songs in it. You know, it was yeah. almost like a prog rap song, like <laughs> one minute doing one beat and then changed tempo, changed like vibe, and then switched back. And I love that. And, and as you say, it's that fearlessness. That see when you're see when you're that kind of age as well, you're just you, you're you're an iconoclast without even realizing it. You're just like everything that came before shit. Wait to hear what I'm doing, and I'm sure you you know you felt the same. I felt like that when I was a teenager. I'm like fuck all this nonsense. Wait to hear what we're gonna bring to the table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mine was like. Uh... Oh, have you heard Biscuit? Check out this shit, the Welsh version. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're doing yourself a disservice there, but that's no. a little <laughs> No, no. I, you, no. You, guys, you guys toured with Limp Biscuit, didn't you? Because we played a show with Limp Biscuit back in the day as well. Yeah. How was it for you? Well, it was a, it was a tough one, actually. We, we did Finsbury Park with them and then like oh, wow. the Manchester wow. Apollo. Small shows, then. Nice couple shows. <laughs> Finsbury Park was fun because we, we played like in the middle of the day. We were playing with like this girl. I don't know if you remember the band This Girl. I don't remember. I used to love this girl, <laughs> Liam and Ryan, and loved them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Ryan and Liam and everything. Yeah. So they, they get covered in piss. Like they literally got piss bottles, the classic. In fact, Liam caught a piss bottle, didn't know it was piss, took a sip, and then he was just retching for the next four minutes. But um, we, we went down, we went down okay. But then we were playing, a, we were play, headlining a festival across London that night, and when I say, it was like we were playing in the back of a fucking burger van, and it was basically us playing, and we could see the fireworks and hear the Finsbury Park like festival. Limp Biscuit were fucking still playing, and we were like two miles away, seeing this massive show that we'd just been a part of, and we were playing <laughs> some festival with twenty-one people. So it was. It, if you can live through that and still enjoy playing music, then, then you're doing all right. But yeah, how was your shows? How were you shows? Oh, Sean? Did you love it? I was, yeah, I was amazing just because literally they were the band that got me into rock. When I heard Fred swear 48 times on Hot Dog, I was like, oh, well, I love swearing and I love shouting. Those two, things I prob- those two things I could probably do. And then I ultimately, the first song, The Blackout, we had a terrible name called 10 Minute Preview before The Blackout. Um, the first song we ever covered was Counterfeit by Limp Bizkit. And then oh, wow. I love that $3 bill, yo. That was such a oh, good record, man. Yeah, real good. Well, I say that, but then if you listen to it now, the first six are good. Then it goes a bit meh. And then they do Faith. And then we're back on it. Um, but oh. so yeah. to live by, man. Why don't more people do that? <laughs> <laughs> do six good songs. Do four up there, and then check out check out George Michael cover <laughs> on the end. Cover at the end. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but but speaking of like that contrast between shows and moving forward and everything, I think you guys had such an organic rise throughout the years from playing those toilet shows, venues, towns like Murphy Tidville to now headlining the likes of Download Festival, Reading and Leeds, just all these over the years. I mean, not only must the journey itself, when you look back on it, must just be some of your favourite parts and, and seeing everything unfold, but now being able to just have a resume of, of going from playing with the likes of the Bronx on the Kerrang tour to supporting Foo Fighters and Iggy Pop to now being up there with bands like Kiss and Aerosmith who were headlining the other nights with you. I know it's a strange one, Morgan. It's because I'm still such a music fan. I, I kind of I struggle to see 
us in that context, to be quite honest, you know, like I still see whenever we're on a festival bill or something, I see us as the outlier and I'm like, oh, Christ, you know, I hope no one notices. Again, that's that's why I don't get tired of doing this, because every time we step on a stage like that, I'm like, I can't fucking believe it. You know, I think about so many amazing bands that we played with growing up in my teenage years and when we started touring around the UK. And you realise how, how luck is important because there's a lo- an awful lot of extremely talented, incredible bands that didn't perhaps get that next opportunity to kind of make another record or, or make a bigger budget record or something like that, or even even have the chance for people to hear you. Because when we started, you know, the internet wasn't wasn't as omnipresent as it is now. And literally the only way we could get people to hear our band was to travel and just tour, tour, tour. It, it blows me away when I think back to that you know, those years, because it never crossed our minds that we would be like a festival headliner. It honestly didn't. You know, as the years went on and we we started to become a bit more popular, it became, all right, we could do this, you know, and we kind of grew into the the stature of it, I guess. But but it really wasn't on the cards. You know, I mean, if you ask anyone that kind of was at early Biffy shows or whatever, that wasn't really the, the vibe or the intention. And and I think I quite like the fact it's almost a happy accident that we've ended up where we are, you know. Um, but but it, it's always, it's, it just freaks, it freaks me out. It freaks me out talking about it. See, <laughs> when I get on stage, I'm quite at home, you know. I get so nervous before a show, but once I get on there, I really, at this stage, I kind of feel like I belong and that I'm myself up there, you know, which, which isn't always easy. You know, I, I think I'm naturally quite a shy person, or, you know, are really shy or really over the top. And I think it, it, I can kind of inhabit that part of my mind. So, so, but it's more when I come home and I see either see something in the telly or, or like I'll hear us in context, like you've just mentioned Kiss in the same <laughs> sense, you know, and that's when I go, oh, Christ, that's, that's crazy. But having said that, I, I don't want to sound arrogant, but I believe in our band. I think we're a mm-hmm. fucking unreal band. You know, like I don't Correct. think it's an accident that we're here. We worked our asses off. We've always tried to better. I really always want to write incredible songs and, and, I, and I, I'm not willing to settle when we make a record or, or we play a show. I don't want to settle for fuck all. I want to come off after a show and feel like I could not have given anything more than what I did there. So sometimes that can, you know, and Sean will know this with touring and stuff, sometimes it can leave you emotionally unbalanced because it's really unnatural when you're standing in front of big crowds when you come off and maybe go back to your normal kind of brain, it's really, it can fuck with your ego, it can fuck with, with what normal is and what joy is and, and what music is. And, and, and that's where the kind of work comes in and where our, our friends and families help us out because you need to get that balance of, hey, I can go on stage and sing to 50,000 people and it's natural as fuck, but then come home and not be an absolute arsehole or as, as everyone calls it, the front man cunt flu. <laughs> <laughs> Which we've all had at points, we've all had at points, but, but yeah, I fucking love it. And you know what? The, the main thing is that I don't treat a, a big show to thousands and thousands of people any different if we're playing to 500 people. We never have, yeah. you know, and I think that that's also important. So it doesn't, it doesn't equate as a, an amazing show just because there's fucking 50,000 people there. An amazing show can be to 500 people or 1,500 people or, or whatever, you know. Um, yeah. That's a beautiful. Yeah. Do, you, um, do you remember a moment when... Well, I guess you, well, when you started out or a couple of albums in when somebody in a ridiculous band like give you props or whatever and it blew your mind like because we're always fascinated in moments because 
some some people would have thought you know like some people literally told me the blackout was the best band of all time and i know they're wrong we all know they're wrong right <laughs> faith no more exist right <laughs> faith no more exist right you can't tell me anyway but you know the, and that would blow my mind so and you know uh, but to some people like i was on that pedestal or whatever but then when i met like Duff from Guns N' Roses or whatever. I was just like, is there a moment when someone like that came on to you that you remember that you were like, I can't get over this is happening? Yeah, it's probably been a couple at different kind of stages. I remember when 100 Reasons took us out on tour and like our second album. And and that was the first moment where I thought, God, someone that that I respect and admire and a band I really love were kind of on their radar. So on a small level, that was like, oh my God, we're, you know, a proper band digs us. The, the time that blew my mind was probably Josh Josh Holm from Queens of the Stone Age. You know, nice. I, I, I saw Queens in nineteen ninety seven or ninety eight in Glasgow on the Rated R tour. It was amazing. They did this frequency thing at the start, actually, and it, and it, it created the brown sound. But but no no one <laughs> no one no one created brown. But but the whole audience went. Oh, like as one, it was one of the most exceptional things. It was like totally involuntary. The whole audience. But um. So to see him and, and to know, I've known him since Caius, as, as the first time I picked up Kerrang or whatever, he, Caius were there, you know, I didn't even realise he was probably only about 18 at that point. <laughs> but, but for him to kind of, to read him comment on our band, you know, and saying that we'll, we'll make you think about music differently. That, that, was, that was just one of the most satisfying and exhilarating moments of my life. And then we were lucky to have him play in a song and like the album after that or something. But that meant that meant a real lot to me, and you're right, Sean. It's weird because it, it kind of takes someone that you've known your entire life, or someone you've admired, to to say something like that before it whips you out. Because as you say, it, it's beautiful when people say, "Oh, you're my favorite band," and that. But when it's someone who's who's been your favorite band or helps become mm-hmm. you become who you are, it's such a head fuck. Um, and I, I feel like I got to play with. Um, slash, we did one of the worst versions of Crazy Train by Ozzy Osbourne, but I got to play, I got to play like Crazy Train with Slash at the MTV Awards a few years ago with Ozzy watching and like, yeah. see when we sound checked that, like we sound checked it the day before and I'm standing and Slash is soloing right in front of me and I'm standing playing ding, 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 and it was, it was one of the few moments in my life where I literally zoomed out and I saw me and Slash, and Slash was soloing to me, you know, yeah. and I just remember going, this, this is fucking, this is exhilarating, this is next level, and, and it doesn't matter what age I am, I'm always going to feel this way when these moments happen. I, don't, I think if you, if you don't feel that moment of magic, then, then fucking jack it in, you know, see if you're not standing next to Slash's curly hair and fucking top hat and get a set Amazing. Yeah, that's, exa- that's, that's exactly right. Um, yeah, yeah I, ra- I ran off stage during um, during the Blackouts final song. We we had a song called Higher and Higher, which had like a rap part in the middle, uh-huh. and um, so I was doing that live. And then we were on Soundwave in Australia, and I looked to my left, and Mike Patton was there. And I ran up, I ran off stage before the rap. I ran up to him and I went, "Oh, oh yeah, um, I love you." Oh fuck! I told you I loved you. Um, I gotta, I gotta go. I'm in the band you're watching. <laughs> Just run. That's awesome. I didn't see him again on our tour, so I'm guessing he must have hid every time. Like, what, oh, what no, I he? can't see that idiot. Was that t- was that Tomahawk tour or something, or Peeping Tom or something? Um, no. Uh, oh, no more. It might have been Faith No More's reunion. No, it wasn't Faith No More. No, it was. It was 
What was he there with? Yeah, it might have been Tomahawk, I think. Okay. Yeah, it might have been Tomahawk. Um, but yeah, you've got to take those moments, though, Sean. You do, because you know what? You, as you say, you, never, you didn't see him again. That's your one chance to just see, and it might not have gone exactly as you'd wanted yeah. to. Oh, no. <laughs> you fucking matter to me. You know, like that, that's important. It's important. It's important to you to be able to share some, because that's, that's the feeling. You just want to say thanks. Thanks yeah. for, for getting me, making me and inspiring me to do this fucking stuff, you know? Yeah, I also didn't want him to feel bad and then be like, oh, it's because of him. It's because it's of me that this shit is you. Because <laughs> like, oh. he's, like, he's probably to blame for new metal and he's got to hate that, surely. He is. He's definitely, he, he, hasn't, he's, he doesn't like carrying that one. He's definitely, I think, mm. he's shot new metal through the head a few times. He's had, yeah, he's had a bash. He's had a bash, but um, yeah. But, but while we're kind of reminiscing about the early days, you meant, you brought her up a little bit earlier, but the first three Biffy Clyro records today kind of have that real cult vibe towards them there seems to be a whole legion of fans who are so passionate about those records in particular is that quite a surprise for you that after all these years with all the other records and and different sounds and evolution you've had since then that those records are still kind of connected with with people on on such a different level i think i think part of it's natural morgan when when because they felt like little secrets. Those records mm. felt like our secret, and like no one knew our band at that point. So everyone that came to those shows or discovered those records were really plugged in, and 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 to get into our band, especially even the way that we wrote songs back then. You know, we'd make songs were so complex that you had to work to get into those records. And I think once people got into them, there was no way to break free. I think also, I mean, I'm a bit like this with bands. When a band becomes more successful, I'm like, oh. Foxy, they were you know kind of better back then. So it's, it's natural human nature. They they've kind of remained untouched those albums. I think they, they can be held in in high regard with that. I think as soon as it, we went to a major label, maybe people people have thought there's there's kind of different inspiration and stuff. But also with those three records, it was three albums in three years. It was such a moment. When I look back on that, it's almost like we were almost like a different type of band at mm. that point. It was like we were really scrappy. We were really provocative. We we wouldn't face the crowd in those tours. We'd face in. We'd, I wouldn't talk to the crowd. We made song. We put the choruses of the songs four and a half minutes in because we, we wanted people to, to dig our band. We wanted you to have to work for it. And the people that persevered mean the world to me. And And... I absolutely don't have a problem with people loving those records and thinking the rest aren't as good because because to me I, I can understand where that's coming from. I disagree because <laughs> because I think we're still getting fucking better and I think if, yeah. if if people worried less about genre or maybe the fact that we're you know on the telly every now and again then then maybe they would get a, a, like an even a level playing field. But there was really there was there is a there is a unique energy to those early records and, and so so it means a lot to me because i know a lot of people maybe picked up guitar i don't want to sound i hope i'm not sounding like an arsehole but i know that those records made it quite a lot of people pick up guitars and made them realize you know what see if you're just if you've got your buddies and a fucking couple of amplifiers get in a fucking van and do it and i know that that there's been generations of that going on but but i think it was just a little reminder because new metal was so massive at that point and there was like an element of kind of glam to it and 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 showmanship and it was a little bit hollywood 
And I think the UK scene at that point was was kind of a reaction to that. When you look at 100 Reasons, This Girl Hills for Heroes, you know, these bands, it was like almost the opposite of glam. And it was kind of like, kind of not necessarily trying to aspire to something we weren't. And also it was such a fertile time, you know, like, I mean, you know, you know, Sean, you were part of that period as well. It's like, it's such a fertile time period, that kind of noughties for British rock music. And it was, it was the last real kind of innocent time of, of rock music. You know, since then, everyone asks, oh, is rock music dead? Is rock music this or that? It's like, who gives a shit? You know, if you don't like it, then it's dead. If you do like it, it's not dead. Like, what the fuck do you want us to see? You know? <laughs> but, but it was really, I, I, I was so excited because it was all fucking garage rock as well in that era. And I just felt like anything interesting was happening away from that fucking indie rock vibe. And then, um, so yeah, a beautiful era, beautiful era. Sure, that was only six months ago or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, no, I, I totally agree with you. And anyway, as you said, I think the average kind of Biffy fan some don't even realize that those records even exist. But am I right in saying that there were plans to do some kind of tour playing tracks on those records? Yeah, I mean, because because we know that for a quarter of people that those albums are really important and they're a big part of our identity too. I really want to do a 20 year kind of tour. I don't know whether we'll do like a black and sky year, a vertigo or infinity land, or whether we do some, you know, like a big tour all together. We're working on like a photo book for the 20 year kind of anniversary as well. And unfortunately the fucking lockdowns probably put the kibosh on it for the time being, because now we're not, we're not starting touring this fucking record till next year. But it's something I definitely would love to, you know, to celebrate and mark in some way. I'm not necessarily a fan of, like, um, sorry, guys. That's my missus. What have I done wrong? Um, <laughs> what have I said? This isn't live. Oh, what's <laughs> yours? <laughs> it, it's, it's something I'd definitely love to mark. I'm not, I'm not a massive fan of, of like, over-idolizing your own records and taking an album out on tour for three years, you know, because it mattered fucking 15 years ago. But, but I would love to share it. The real, realistically, when we play live now, if we play for two hours, we, we still barely struggle to fit in songs from those records. I see the value. I love those songs. We, we did a show a couple of years ago for War Child where we supported ourselves and we played only songs from the first three records as a support band and then went on. And, and that was what got me thinking because I, cause I felt like was inhabiting a slightly different part of my brain. The muscle memory for those songs has shifted. So the thought of going out and playing them all again, it would feel like brand new band and brand new songs. So mm. it's something we'll definitely do, Morgan. Um, nice. As soon as we get the lay of the land, we'll, we'll, we'll yeah. definitely try and achieve that. Awesome. But, but saying that as well, I think you're one of the bands that can never win when you're trying to write your own set list because there's so many albums, there's so many fan favourites. Someone's going to be annoyed somewhere that there's not more tracks from Puzzles or Only Revolutions or something. I mean, that must be quite frustrating at times it's really hard man it's hard <laughs> you know I, I, I always want to play the new every band or act wants to play their newer songs because they've not played them a thousand times you know I don't want to become Springsteen yet I, I don't want to <laughs> play for fucking three or four hours I don't think we've quite earned that yet but there's always songs that, that we miss out and um, but what I love most about putting the set together is maybe being able to put like a song like Rearrange or Space next to like a song like like we'll quite often play there's no such thing as a jaggy snake and, and it, or, or like wave upon wave upon wave and I love 
taking these songs from their records and, and kind of shaking people who, people who maybe come for the bigger songs. It's like, like I want to entice them over to the dark side. That's, that's, <laughs> that's what Guns N' Roses did and Nirvana did for me. It wasn't like, they aren't the most extreme bands in the world, but they, they, you know, it's that way it pulls you over. You're like, oh wait, I wonder what, what that's influenced by. So people that maybe are really drawn to the singles, I love the thought that, that they get roughed up a bit, not physically. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Some of those mosh pits or some of those songs can be brutal. If you ended up in there by accident. But I love that thought of like, you know, a kid coming to a show, you know, and because they maybe like a song like Instant History and then they hear a song like that Golden Rule and they go, what is this? I've never heard heavy music and music like this. I've been listening to fucking Spotify for six years and all I'm hearing is you know, which has a place, but, but it's, it's sometimes harder to get exposed. So I love exposing people to different types of music. But yeah, it's a tough, tough thing to do, man. It's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. I can I'm, imagine. I, I can know imagine. Lars Ulrich, he seems to love it. Lars, <laughs> Lars seems to fucking love doing it. <laughs> but uh, while we're talking about records in particular as well, your, your latest, the celebration of endings, hit another UK number one in the charts. I think you're yes. third in a row for full releases. Um, I mean, how, how do you see this album differently than any of your others in the past? I think, again, I'm going to sound like a cliche here, Morgan, but I think this is the best record we've ever fucking made. You know, some, like when, when we made Ellipsis, that was the first record that I actively, when I was writing it, I was actively trying to do something different than Biffy. You know, when I was writing those songs, I didn't, I didn't want them to become songs that we would play in the practice room lots and lots. So I, I, I kind of kept that live energy away from them. So, so Ellipsis became a specific kind of project. We, we then went to work on um, a movie soundtrack called Balance yeah. Not Symmetry and see, see kind of getting back in and remembering what that feeling is when, you're, when you've got eye contact, when you're working in an idea and when you're playing together and there's volume rather than just like a, just a laptop or a piano or something. And it made me totally remember my love for volume and for shouting. I know, I know that sounds a bit lame to say that, but honestly, I, I kind of remembered this is such an important part of our band. You know, I feel like this is the first record that's fully encapsulated kind of all we do. You know, it has scary moments for people like, like, like the pop stuff. It's got scary moments for people that like the heavy stuff. <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and that's, I think, why, why I think this is, our, this is our best. You know, hopefully once we make the next one, I'll be like, this is our best album. <laughs> yeah. There's not many bands who go, oh, well, this latest album's our worst album, but check it out anyway. <laughs> hey, check it out, check <laughs> it out anyway. <laughs> yeah, check it out anyway. But, no, yeah. but, but I, I, completely, I completely get what you mean, because like, when I listened to it for the first time, the intro for just North of No South in particular had like so many different elements of Biffy Clara over the years. I thought, you know, starting with that kind of weird clean guitar riff, then hell of a distortion over on the top and just the drums I mean everything so for me it has a bit of what everyone's come to love from Biffy Claro but a couple of different inspirations for songwriting yeah absolutely thanks so much well, yeah I think it's I, I think I'm, I'm a lot more sure who maybe I am as a songwriter and as a person maybe you know not just me to sound like a therapy session but you know like I, I definitely feel more secure in, in what what we're good at as a band, what I'm good at as a songwriter. It doesn't mean that we we'll still won't try weird shit and, and still try different things, but I think I've 
kind of come to terms with the identity of our band. You know, I know that sounds silly, but it, you're always searching for new things. There's some songs we've tried over the years that have gone wild in one direction that maybe you think, oh, that's close, but maybe that doesn't suit us or this, you know. And, but but it's just all about committing, committing in the moment and being, and, and as, I, as I said earlier, about that honesty of doing it. I'm definitely... I'm not apologetic anymore about our band, you know, like, like, you know, I think, I think maybe when you grow up in, in hard rock and, and metal and, and that, you feel like, like mainstream kind of, I've always kind of sneer at you a little, like, oh, it's noise and, and abrasive. And, and actually now I'm like, I love that. I've, I've loved that for years. And, it, and it's really, I, I now take pride in the fact that people that don't understand what we do will never get it because to them it's either just a racket or whatever. And, and I love that. But, but I just, I really appreciate you saying that because it took, we took a little bit longer in this album because, you know, I really wanted to have the, the patience to feel that we were saying something musically and lyrically that, that we kind of hadn't said before. As much as the album's like a, a kind of celebration of all we do, there still has to be those new moments and those things that make you go, oh, where's this going to take us? Because if everything feels familiar, then, then you're not investigating and you're not on an adventure. So I'm not never interested in that. But sometimes those songs can help navigate the rest of it. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And uh, just a couple more quick things aside before we let you go. We know you've got a really busy schedule, but um, speaking of all the different kind of influences and reaching different kind of audience and stuff, I wanted to ask you about one of the features you did with Good Charlotte a few years ago on their track, Reason to Stay. How did that come about? Well, I was... I'd spent a little bit of time in LA a few years ago. Just I was just wanting to write a bunch of songs and this was before Ellipsis. So this is kind of in relation to what I was saying. I, I didn't really want, I didn't feel as inspired standing in the practice room as, as I maybe had previously. So I went out to LA. I just wanted to work in a bunch of studios and I, and I worked with John Feldman, who's a wonderful producer. Now I, I just woke up to a text one day and John was like, uh, Joel and, and Benji, are in town today, do you, want to, do you want to write a song with them? I was like, fuck it. So we went in and we, we wrote about three songs in a day. They're really nice, nice gents. I didn't, I didn't intend to be a part of that session. They were so welcoming. They're, they're, they're really open with their creativity, which I really appreciate. Um, so we just sat down, like John played a guitar chord, I started singing, then uh, Joel started singing the chorus and he, he just went straight in and, and sang it and it became this song on the record. So it was one of the most innocent and best ways that you could make music you know no no we weren't formulating a plan it was like, <laughs> nice, to, nice to meet you man what a pleasure have a coffee have a smoke and all that and then like hey do you want to we just try something and and that again that liberation of not worrying about writing songs for, for biffy you know at that point i felt like everything i was picked every time i was picking up a guitar i was like what kind of song is this? Where's this going? Is this as good as what I've done? And I needed to kind of do that, the dirt off the shoulder. Um, and that's kind of what we did. But what a pleasure and such sweet boys. I love the fact that they're still doing what they're doing. They've really helped um, cultivate, like I think they've got a management company and things and they're cultivating yeah. a few younger artists. And, and I tell you what, they'll, they'll look after whoever they work with. So it was a pleasure. But yeah, it's, it was as strange to me as it seemed. That was I almost ended up playing a fucking... I got asked to play a guitar solo in Robbie Williams' album at that point, actually. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Looking back, I'm like, why the fuck didn't I do that? I'm like, yeah. why didn't I do it? But, but I didn't do it. You know, I remember that at that time when I'd said no to that, I was like, you know what? Opportun opportunities don't keep coming around. And, as, you know, and what's the point in feeling like a fucking snob about anything? It's like, 
See, what's music about? It's about joy, it's about sharing, it's about communication, it's about having fucking fun. So from that moment on, I always remember thinking, you know, see if I get a left field, you know, kind of invite or something, I'm like, I'll fuck it, I'll try it. Because you never know what's, what's going to yeah. be around the corner. But, but I love those boys, they're so sweet. Yeah, well, I think, um, yeah, this is our 100th episode of this podcast. This is oh, our big one. Yeah, Happy yeah. birthday, gents. Happy oh, birthday. Thank you. Oh, thank you. You don't look a day um, over 56. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, last week's episode was John Feldman. Would have been Honestly. Yeah, 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 would have been John Feldman. Yeah. Oh, um, fucking brilliant. <laughs> he, he, I tell you what, he's, he's him, a wonderful guy. Again, in that, I spent a little bit of time with John in that trip. And I tell you what, we wrote about seven songs in three days. I, I've never worked with someone that can, that can work as fast as I need them to work. And John was the first person that he was like, I would come through like having sung and, and written a guitar. He'd be like, right, that's done. What have you got? And I'd be like, pick up guitar. Play. Too fast, <laughs> too fast, John. <laughs> Honestly, it was like, but, but it was really, you know, he's got such a wonderful energy. And I'm sure you felt that from talking to him. He really has this fucking, you know, like kind of Californian West Coast, like, let's fucking do it. You know, I love my yeah. life. <laughs> that's exactly, yeah, that's exactly. How he, I think he might have even have said that exact he did. sentence. He, he did say it a few <laughs> times. I don't want to give it away, but he's told me that's his key to getting up and being productive every day. He wakes up in the morning, he goes straight outside and he goes, I love my fucking life. And then he goes in and has his coffee. And I thought, why the fuck not? Why yeah. the fuck yeah. not? Yeah, yeah, awesome. And just Fantastic. one more quick one for me. Um, I'm sorry if this is a strange one. It's just something I've always wondered. Now, oh, where's he going now? Biffy have a reputation of playing shows most of the time without a shirt. So something that's always just wondered. He's not is, taking it off now, Mo. No, no, He's no, not no, taking no, it off no. now. <laughs> <laughs> when you're playing when you're playing like random festivals in like Poland for example where it gets a little bit cold have you regretted that decision or if, if there, is there a plan for when the weather's not the best I, or you committed too much to I, I mean I'm sorry it's just it's just always something I've wanted to, to ask so right. so. you definitely don't know us very well if you think there's a plan <laughs> <laughs> what I would say is there's been like three gigs in my life where I've thought are you fucking joking like one, one was in Hog I think maybe two were in Hogmanay in Scotland at New Year one time we went on stage and it was minus three degrees when we started and I remember thinking and so when we came off for the bells, like we had to get wrapped in tinfoil. And that's when I started going, this is, this is bonkers. This isn't quite rock and roll. And then the other time we played a show in the Arctic Circle up in Norway with it. With that, it, it wasn't kind Surely not. Surely not. You didn't, you weren't topless in the Arctic. You <laughs> fucking were, man. <laughs> the Arctic Circle. I swear to God, it was I mean, like one up. in the morning. It was still daylight because it never got dark up there in the summer. So there was smoked fish hanging on one side. There was people wrapped up like proper fucking scarves and everything. We were on there. We got, we got like total snaps from John Garcia, who's the old Caius frontman, because he's from California. So he was fucking wrapped. And he's looking at these three Scottish guys standing with nipples set to fucking stun. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yes, we did that at Arctic Circle. That's the one... I, you know what? If we if we could do that, we could do anything. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever had any um, complaints from people because you have you haven't derobed? Has there been a point where you haven't derobed? 
Yeah, there's the, a the couple of t- t- times in tour I'll just decide I want to wear a fucking jacket or something. People go, oh, fuck's sake. And I'm like, <laughs> is that what it's come to? Is it, is it just yeah. a pint of flesh? Yeah. <laughs> what am I, a piece of meat? I'm, I'm just a stripper. Of meat. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. But oh. I tell you what, just to say, like, there's, a, there's a something about going on stage with your shirt off in these weird situations that it makes you, it gives you a level of fearlessness because you already feel a bit ridiculous. You already feel that you're kind of overstepped the mark. And it means, it kind of always means that we have this mentality. You know, the, the act of taking our shirts off before we go on backstage, it's quite an empowering thing, you know, not to sound again like a, like a fucking hippie and take myself too seriously, but it's quite an empowering feeling of going, we're fucking ready to go to battle. And, and again, that's maybe sounds slightly old fashioned, but that's still the mentality we have. It's like, let's fucking take some fucking names tonight, you know? <laughs> and we do. Always the wrong names, and then a cat in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, nice. absolutely fantastic. This has been such a great way to celebrate our 100th episode. Thank you yeah, so much, thank man. You so, so Happy much. birthday, James. Thanks for having me on the 100th. I appreciate it a lot. It means a lot to me. No, thank no, you. Um, Seriously. Yeah, please, if we can, if we're ever allowed out again, um, yeah, let's please do one in the flesh. That would be fantastic. I would. Well, all being well, we'll hopefully be out touring uh, some point next year. We're, we've got a few shows before summer, but I think we're coming to you guys neck of the woods maybe after summer. So please come down. We'd love to see you both. Anyway, and even as guests, even if you don't want to oh, do your cheers. work, you don't want to talk to this loser <laughs> oh, anymore. Oh, oh, no, I do. <laughs> no, yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheers. Yeah. No, we'd lo- yeah, but we'd love her. So we yeah, would. thank you we so would. so much. And um, yeah, good luck with the new album. Yes. Um, yeah, Thanks and uh, so yeah, Celebration of Endings is out now. Everybody go check it out because it's fan bloody tastic. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Cheers. Thank you, Simon. Thanks, Thank man. You. Thank you. Listen, what a pleasure, the gents. Honestly, it's an absolute pleasure to talk to you. You listen to Sammy Yeah. 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 Oh, yes. my God. I am fully in love with that man. Yeah, I know. I'm just going to come out and say it right now. Simon, if you're listening, um, it was a pleasure finally getting to meet you and speak to you. I'm glad none of the restraining orders came to effect in this podcast. And I will take that invite for us to record one of them in the flesh review ASAP Rocky. So as soon as gigs can happen, I'll be backstage with a microphone. That is worrying on all <laughs> levels. Uh, yeah. Thank you again, again, again to the wonderful Simon Neal of Biffy Clyro. Um, yeah, if you get a chance, uh, check out, well, everything they've been doing over lockdown as well, from his little um, sessions from in his house where he's wearing jazzy, absolutely different jazzy ensembles, every, every one. And then to the, the lockdown stream they did as a full band was... Increíble, which yeah. I believe is Spanish for very, very good. But literally, if you're for some reason living living under a rock and not aware of their back catalogue, go and check out all of their albums. There's something for literally everyone. So my one of my favourite records of all time is probably Puzzles, just because of like all the different kind of sounds on that record. But yeah, check it out. A Celebrations of Endings is the new one and is available right now everywhere. So pick up a copy. And he's just a lovely human. Like that conversation was so wholesome. It was nice to finally get to ask him so many questions that we've kind of wondered about the banding himself over the years. And yeah, I had a fantastic time. So thank you again, Simon. Um, hopefully see you at Downloads Festival 2021 in the pit.
Yes, it was very, 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 very nice of him. And yes, he remembered me, which was weird because I didn't <laughs> expect anybody to remember me. Um, so, yeah, thanks again, Simon. You're an absolute superstar. Biffy Clyro killing it right now. And yeah, looking forward to download next year. Well, speaking of him working on different material and stuff as well, I, I, of course, we, we said about his feature on the Good Charlotte track. There's been an announcement that he's going to be featuring on a completely other band's album next completely year as well. Completely other band, other genre. That um, words, words escape yeah. me because how good this interview was. But Simon Neal will be featuring on the track Goliath by Architects on their new album for those that wish to exist. That's going to be released on February the 26th. So I'm going to yes. say it right now. Obviously, Sam Carter is listening to this because he loves Biffy Clyro. Come on the podcast then and tell us about how that happened. I don't think he is well, listening to this. Oh, he's 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 a Manchester United fan as well. I support my United, so if there's loads in common, so sort her out. But oh, anyway, cool. You both you both enjoy millionaire children running around in shorts. Class. I, anyway, <laughs> um, anyway, congratulations to Architects who brought out the song Animal, which is a fucking ripper. Um, a little bit sad because Raiders are bringing out a song in a couple of months. It's called Animal, and theirs is called Animals. I know plural, but yeah, uh, but. What a song. What a song. Well done to Architects again. And congratulations to Holding Absence as well. Our friends Holding Absence with their song Beyond Belief, which is out now as well. Yes. She's the boys in colour for the first time. I can't believe it. I was shooketh to the core that Holding Absence are not in black and white. Um, Well, yeah. You know, who would have thought? It was strange. It was strange. Well, when we did the podcast with him, he was black and white. So... That's mad, isn't it? So yeah, if you if you like Cold and Absence, go back and check out our uh, early podcast with Lucas. Um, it was very very informative. But yes, well done to Architects, well done to Old and Absence, and bring me the rise of a song out as well called Teardrops, which we haven't heard yet because we're recording this slightly before it comes out. So I'm guessing it's probably very very good. Well, so, uh, if we're speaking about kind of new music and, and news, Sean, tell us about yeah. your band Raiders. What's going oh, on? Yeah. We got two songs out so far. Um, we put out this year one called Destructobot, which I love, um, and I Still Function, which I love as well because they're both my songs, and I so I should love them both. Raiders UK on all the streaming sites. Go to RaidersBandUK.bandcamp.com if you want to buy anything. We got T-shirts for sale, and uh, yeah, we have a new song coming out the first week of November called Unnecessary V's, where all of the vowels are V's. So it's, it's a bastard to spell. You're never going to find it if you want to search for it. That's Raiders Band UK on Twitter, Instagram, and the Facebook. If you want to follow oh. more accounts on social Thanks. media platforms, check well out at SapninPod on Twitter and Instagram, at SapninPod, spelt yes. like this. At S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D. That's at S-A-P-P-E-N-I-N-P-O-D. But listen... Thank you again to every single one of you for giving us any support, moments of your time, plays, likes, shares, subscribingness, whatever you call it. Subscribingness. Over the yeah, last hundred yeah. episodes. Honest to God, it means the world to us and we wouldn't be able to get this far without you. So if you are a new listener, please sure to do all those things I just said. And especially we send all our love to every single person who's become a member of our Patreon over almost two years as well as patreon.com for sapning we love every single person in this wonderful community we've been able to make so if you want to meet some new best friends come and join us 
please do please do yes as morgan says thanks to all those people thanks to all the prs um thanks to all the managers of bands um thanks to all of our friends and family who have shared anything we've done we really really appreciate it the shares really really help and yeah just we appreciate it so so much in that case if you'd like to show us a little bit more support as well please share this episode and the podcast in all your instagram stories retweet it and stuff especially this one to celebrate episodes 100 let all your friends know that we've somehow managed to make it triple digits they'll be completely blown away that the two of us have actually been able to fathom sentences up until this point and check it out so i I think it's, it's a good technique sean yeah, I wasn't sure where you're going with fathom these sentences, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I just, I just, just a massive thank you to everybody. Like, I don't want to get emotional, but we genuinely never thought we'd probably do more than five or ten of these, and now we've we've done a hundred weeks in a row with some absolutely amazing guests, with some of the most interesting stories I've ever heard in, in my life. And the only reason to start this podcast was to to hear bands and people I've been lucky enough to meet just to hear their stories. So we've heard some brilliant ones. So thank you very much. Well, thank you very much to all the guests. We haven't thanked yeah. the guests. Yeah. Like, thank you very much like for being open with us, for being cool. Um, yeah, everybody's been, everybody's been awesome. We did have that little wobble with uh, Real Big Fish being in a mood, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> but but, but yeah, no, genuinely, thank you to everybody. Yeah, thank it's, you. It's been great. And just to think as well, like... It's a hundred episodes without fail, week after week, which which is just my which is I'm just quite proud of that we've been able to reach that milestone and not had a week off or anything. Like both You've done very my, well. You've done very bo- well, Morgan. Both both no but both of us, Sean, have gone through things over those hundred weeks and we haven't let oh. that affect we haven't let it affect this at all. So I'd just like to say uh, well done to you. Well done to myself. You. I'm pr- I'm proud. Yeah. I'm proud of each other. Good. And our second year anniversary is next month, episode one hundred and four. So we've got to outdo ourselves even more. So the pressure's on, <sighs> but I reckon I reckon you know, we're going to cook up something impressive. But I hope so. I hope so. Do you know what it feels like to me? Our second birthday to me feels like Wayne's World 2. <laughs> right? <laughs> right? Who's going to be there? Who's going to be there, Mog? Um, um, but- Va- Van Halen? Van Halen's going to be there? But- Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Oh no, that was the absolute worst example. I wasn't I was thinking oh no, I was just thinking of quotes from Wins World 2. No oh this has gone wrong. I just meant I thought our second birthday like we, we <laughs> we've aimed so high and we've shot so many fucking darts of people and some people we haven't heard back from and we're just like, Yeah, they could be happening but yeah, um yeah, Wins World Two, our second birthday. We're trying to book them, so hopefully they'll come. Aerosmith are gonna be there? <laughs> an old man faction in a <laughs> kayak out of a log what nothing um yeah so wow. yeah right so before we before we wrap this up it's come to this point of the episode now if you're a regular listener you know we give a massive shout out to not only all the patrons but other elite members they they sign up they give us a name that they edit every week just to mess with Sean and stuff and we read them out. Sometimes it's, it's comedy gold and we have a good laugh. I announced on last week's episode, episode 99 with John <laughs> Feldman, that I would read them out for the 100th episode celebration. I'm very worried about this now. I think it's going to come and bite me on the ass. 
yeah, you might, I'm hoping you get cancelled. Whoa, please don't. I know, I, I know we've just done all our loving bit where we've thanked each other and all that, but th- this could be very, very fun. So, um, yeah, Morgan. Well, yeah, check out the description of this episode or however you are listening to this episode because uh, Morgan writes out all the names in that and um, takes him a while. So, uh, yeah, please check that out. Thank you very much to everybody. We're trying to tell you what, we'll end the show now and then we'll do the names because the names are going to take you forever, I think. Um, Thank you very much (laughs) if you've got this far. Thank you very much if you've listened to the podcast. Please share, rate and subscribe where where you can. Please, if you're going to sleep... Put it on silent. Give it a couple of plays, for God's sake. Um, and Down- yes, thank. Download multiple podcast platforms and listen to us on all of them. So listen to us once properly, and then listen to us in your sleep on a different one because that helps a little bit more as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. If you've got a, if you've got a uh, one of those streaming farms in uh, China or Russia that um, gets artists loads and th- millions and thousands of plays, please think about getting something podcast on there. Right. This is it now. Thank you very much to everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, over to Morgan Richards for the elite members of the Sapnin podcast Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Sapnin, you bastards. So. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweaters starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. A massive thank you to the wonderful Kylie Wheeler, Mayumi yes. Luaway, Mitch Perry, yes. Samantha yes. Spray. Yes. Pie? Yes. Pie. From now on, Sarah, from now on, Sarah James will now be known as Pie. Carry I'm, on. I'm not reading 3.14159266565. No. Oh. A very, very, very special thank you to Emma Barber, Janelle Hepaticolong to gigs to no. my Caston. Amadine, congrats on the 100th episode to celebrate. I changed my name for the first time. I love you guys, Urbano. That's brilliant. Yes. Thank you very nice. much for that. More you, like how we need, don't we? More like that. Kelly to Tyro Paris. I can do it, Sean. Let me, let me come out with whatever I come out with. Kelly Tyro Paris. No, I think it's it's Thai. 
Fyro party. Fyro party in your pants to Mosized Young. I'm just so, making these so up. Sodomized Young, yeah. That's what, yeah. Tell you what, Mo, just guess, right? Have a look at it. Like catchphrase, like catchphrase. Have a look at the words, say, right? And just say, you, say, say what, what you see. see. Say, what, say what you fucking... Start again. No, you don't need to start again. Carry on from where we are. Dilly... Dilly, I... I, I hip to flow ride cycle to... Grimwood, Nathan Crawshaw, Super Hall, whatever Paul Herschel has wrote. Drew makes me feel like a natural woman style. Go back, go back. Super phallus, flagellistic, XP, XP, can I'm guessing it's Dorcious. The problem is now, I think it's cut off the names because it's so long. Bugger. Liam Connolly, Biz. I regret this decision. But. Berserk Kron Stange Graft Meester Michael Engler Ohio is for Emo <laughs> Chester I like it's just like every people who haven't done it I'm Michael Engler <laughs> yes Tom Heppert Cho Lang is stung grams to my Owen Amy Flo Campion Johnny Phil- Phillips no wait, wait. Philippification, Californication, Flow Californification. Now, when it's like the Red Hot Chili Pepper song, carry on, but Johnny Phillips. Yes, thank you, Johnny Phillips. Thank you to K Wonderpus Photo. What? No, it says Wonderpus Photo Genesis Puttock. I don't know what that means, though. Tankfly Boss. <laughs> Tankfly <laughs> Boss. Walk jam nitty gritty. You're listening to Mo Dick from the Big Bang City. This is Jam Hot, Simon yep. Amos, Jody the <laughs> harder the better Shannon. I see what she's done. I said, come up with a name. The harder the better. Nice, literal. I like it. Well done, Jody. Ollie. Every single member of the Patreon is Paul Crit. What? Paul Critted Dinners. It sounds like a place around yeah, but I'm not, I don't think it is. Ollie, every single member of the Patreon is Paul Chardinus Amesbury, Kate Stevenson, Samuel Fi- Oh my, Thyroid Cream Griffiths, Jenny <laughs> Sexy Boy Munster, Dana Lasnova, Lucy Deards, McTina McManus, Emily Senegals, Kevin yes. Clark, Erin Howard, John and Emma, Becky Handy, oh Kelly, yeah. perfectly splendid, supercalifragilisticexpialidocious, Mallory, Lewis Nula Cook, Nula Clark, Jason, Sven, Senator Palatine was at fault for Jar Jar Binks' death, Heredia, Mike Cunningham, Marcy Jacobson, Craig Flibbert, Flibbidigit Harris, Sandra Kuwajek, James McNaught, Libby Cropper, Flo. We've had this one before. We've had this one. Oh, do you know what? For a second, then, I stopped thinking we are recording a podcast and I just listened to what was coming out of your mouth, right? And it's a fucking mess. It sounds like someone's tipping alphabet soup and reading it at the same time. Fl- Carry on, bud. Flow can... Flow can... Flow Californication. Nice one, Charles. Uh, Kelly Emma Cannon, Tallulah Grant, 
Tommy Michael, Sharif Oladali, Stewart, Hippopotamus, Turusus, McNaught, Jenny Robinson, Lydia Henderson, Keris, Khan but no means least a very special thank you to well, Becky you this one. new more I can't even see the new, full name new more low train cross couple well, my just got big in the middle in there Silicon Volcano. It, it doesn't help that everything's in lowercase, so I can't like spread it up. Yeah. Uh, Becky, oh, I don't even know how to pronounce her last name. Malioko. Malioko. No, how do you not know? Betty Malioko. She's. Oh. God, in the end, kind of. That's patreon.com forward slash sapnin. Thank you to Nobody's every listening. single person Nobody's who has gotten listening. this far. And for Jesus every one of you Christ. bastards for signing up, you've made this Thank go you. on for way too long. We've done yeah. it, Sean. This is episode 100. We got there. Very special thanks again to Simon Neal for not only being a beautiful bastard, but for taking time out of his time for coming on. And we will see you next week right here on Sapnin Podcast. Something! Something! Lovely! Fucking 100 of them, like, mad. You're listening to Sapnin Podcast with Sean Smith and Morgan Richards. Thank you very much for downloading this podcast or streaming it or I don't, I don't know what else you do with podcasts. Um, thank you very much.